this is probably going to be the most accessible meeting ever held by the National Association of Plant Breeders. So we're very pleased with that aspect. Hi, it's Mark Sinkowitz. On this edition of the Seed World podcast, I will be speaking to Stephen Benziger. Stephen is a professor and wheat breeder in the Department of Agronomy and Horticulture at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He is also the chair of the hosting committee for this year's National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting, which it was recently announced would go virtual. After careful consideration, the local host committee and the NAPB executive committee decided to convert the 2020 NAPB annual meeting to a fully virtual meeting. The online meeting will include both synchronous or real-time live stream and asynchronous or on-demand access for attendees to participate. It will take place from August 16th to 20th, with the talks given mainly in mid-morning to mid-afternoon. I also spoke with the current chair of the NAPB, Peggy Ozias Akins. She is a professor and peanut breeder at the University of Georgia. Enjoy our chat. Hi, Stephen and Peggy. Thanks for your time. I have to say I was really looking forward to coming to Lincoln in August for the NAPB annual meeting, but just like pretty much every event in our industry right now, the annual meeting's gone virtual. Stephen, what do people need to know about this year's NAPB virtual annual meeting? I imagine there will be some things different about it, but you're probably trying to keep things as as similar as, as possible, right? Yes, absolutely. The, the virtual meeting will be as close to the regular meeting as possible the you know we've done a few things uh that we think will be improvements we are very concerned about what we would call zoom or internet fatigue so we've we've stretched it out a little bit uh we do think uh you know there will be the platform we're we're using will have places for posters placers for exhibitors places for the talks uh, the program is actually all up on the web now, so people can see that, that type of thing. Uh, we're working very hard on how to have the interactions and the networking, because I think that's very critical. And we want to make sure that the graduate students can get together, the young professionals can get together. You know, people that, that would like to meet, you know, just students meeting senior breeders and things like that, companies meeting with potential hires, that kind of thing. All of that we still want to do. And we think we've got a good platform for that. And, you know, I think everybody dwells on the negatives when you have to go virtual. Uh, and, and you know, it is a little bit heartbreaking because we think Lincoln, Nebraska is a great city. But there are some real positives. And that is that, you know, anybody pays a registration fee anywhere in the world can attend our meeting. And so, you know, if you think about the cost of coming to a meeting, getting hotels, things like this. Uh, we'd love to have people in Lincoln, but at the same time, this is probably going to be the most accessible meeting 
ever held by the National Association of Plant Breeders. So we're very pleased with that aspect. And how are you making this as accessible as possible? I understand you're working with a virtual conference provider. They have a platform which is not too different from what we have in our program. So we think we can very quickly take the information that we already have up on the web and put it into their platform. Um, we are going to have two of their IT people help with the meeting for at least the first few days, thinking that if there's any bugs in the program, we want to have immediate responses to the attendees, that type of thing. Uh, but, but the key thing is they've done large meetings and we're not a large meeting by their standards. So they know how to do the posters. They know how to do the exhibit hall. They know how to do the things. The, the actual mechanism is through Zoom and Zoom-like types of things. But we just wanted to have a very nice interface around it so that it would be extremely user-friendly. And it does have some really unique advantages, such as we will archive all of the talks for a year. So that you know, if someone can't listen to the talk at the synchronous time, they can come back and listen to it at a, uh, a different time. And if they listen to a talk and they say, geez, I want to listen to it again, they can bring it up and, and listen to it again. So I think those types of things are some real, we think will be very advantageous to the program. I've been talking a lot lately with organizations that are holding virtual meetings, and one of the unexpected benefits of this is that they're experiencing higher than normal registration numbers, presumably because it's easier and usually more affordable to attend a virtual event than it is to attend an in-person event. Peggy, are you noticing the same thing with the NAPB annual meeting, maybe higher registration counts? Yeah, I don't have the current uh, registration numbers. And um, of course, it took a little while to, to get things changed as far as registration after we decided to go virtual. So things, you know, had to happen pretty quickly and registration was um, delayed. We had to extend our deadlines, of course, because of the change to virtual. Um, so I don't know what the numbers are yet, but I really do ha have high hopes that we will have a greater attendance. Um, even if people can't attend the live sessions, those sessions will be recorded and anyone who's registered for the meeting will have access to them um, after the meeting for a period of time. Um, so yes, I, I think that there's good opportunity there. Well, and I understand even though you can't physically hold the meeting in Lincoln, you're still going to be offering some virtual tours of the community, highlighting its history. Stephen, that must be really interesting to hold a virtual event, but still get to celebrate the community where the physical event was supposed to be held. We were very honored by NPB to have Lincoln chosen as the site. And we wanted to highlight Midwestern hospitality. I mean, we have a lot of things that are unique in Lincoln, and we'll try to get virtual tours to show that. You know, the first homestead, of the Homestead Act of uh, 1863, I believe it is, it may be 1862, uh, was 40 miles south of Lincoln, Nebraska. We still have a prairie that's never been broken by the plow, that type of thing. Uh, anyone who's ever seen our Capitol building will see that we are an agricultural state. There are three co crops that are throughout the Capitol and all the artwork, wheat, sorghum, and maize, or corn. So you know, we would have really loved to have people here, and we will try to give them a taste of Nebraska virtually so that they can put it on their bucket list to come to in the future. 
So Stephen, what for you is the highlight of this year's virtual NAPB annual meeting? Well, I, you know, if you, if you go to the website, we have different sessions highlighting different things. Uh, the speakers are literally astounding. We're very, very pleased with the speakers we have. And we have a, a good panoply of people from, you know, the very intense genomics and the statistical bioinformatics types of things to very good physiology for abiotic stress to uh, breeding for nutritional quality, things like this. And we want to make sure, you know, the, the beauty of NAPB is that we are not like a row crop organization. It's not corn, soybeans, and wheat. So we do have a lot of our specialty crops, things like, you know, hops and whatnot, so that, that people that are interested in some of the crops that don't necessarily get all the attention that that the huge commodities get. We like to highlight those also, that type of thing. And, you know, the aesthetic crops, turfs highlighted, things like this. So it's a really wonderful organization to show the breadth of plant breeding when it comes to plant species. Peggy, we spoke last year at the NAPB meeting in Pine Mountain, Georgia, and you said one of your goals as chairperson was to bring more awareness to the NAPB. Is holding a virtual annual meeting helping you to do that, to bring more awareness to the group? Um, you know, I think it goes both ways. Um, it's, of course, sponsors rely on that face-to-face -to -face contact, um, you know, to... Um, to build awareness of their business or their products, um, depending on who the sponsor is. Um, but I think that, of course, they're now probably very familiar with the virtual format since that's been ongoing for a number of societies for uh, several months now. And so, um, you know, we have tried to, to de develop ways that would really uh, be advantages to the sponsor uh, to advertise or to to make people aware of um, their business or their products. Um, so we're we're certainly hoping to, you know to have the level of sponsorship um, that we have had in the past, even with the virtual meeting. Um, as far as the um, the the private interest uh, interest, as as you know, with uh, NAPB we have both private plant breeders as well as those in the public sector. Um, and, and we have had, the organization has had ever since its inception, um, but we have been growing that interest from um, the private sector. Um, and one way in the past year, really, that that interest has been helped uh, along is with the establishment of the Commercial Plant Breeding um, Committee. And um, that committee has been very active. Uh, there also are some activities um, at the meeting or planned for the, the meeting this year um, with a lightning talk introductions of the different um, uh, commercial plant breeding interests um, who will be uh, attending the meeting and then even the opportunity for students or others to, to network with those representatives um, through uh, breakout sessions, for example. Stephen, what are you expecting in terms of attendance? And is this the kind of thing, this virtual format, could it carry on into the future, even once things get, quote unquote, back to normal? We fully think that we will have a higher attendance than normal. And we also think that if we are successful, having some form of blended meeting in the future, which will be the decision of the National Association of Plant Breeders, may be very, very talented for the people or very helpful for the people who can't come. 
you know, and just to give you an example, last year the meeting was held the first week of classes at my university. So normally we would send a number of my students down to CNAPB because I just think it's a wonderful meeting, but it's hard to do that if they're supposed to be in class that week, you know, and, and as it happens, one of the benefits of having a virtual meeting this year is after we pick the dates and we deliberately pick them so as to try to miss most colleges back to fall semester start dates, a lot of universities moved them up a week. And so it will coincide with our meeting. But again, because it's virtual, because if you miss the talk synchronously, you're going to be able to access it probably within 20 minutes asynchronously. You won't miss anything. And that, that's also critical because, you know, if we have a meeting that starts at 8 o'clock Central Time, that's 6 o'clock in, in California. We don't want the California members getting up at 6 to try to watch something. So we've, we've tried to make it a little more user-friendly for the day, and, and the asynchronous aspect will be huge. To register for the NAPB 2020 annual meeting, visit napb2020.unl.edu. And for more podcasts, visit seedworld.com.